Oh boy, 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 it's the filibuster freestyle! That was kind of a weird beginning, but you know what? It's a weird beginning to a new chapter. Uh, in election 2016, the aftermath. Clean up on... Aisle 3 of the filibuster freestyle with your buddy Gavin. And I'm telling you what, we got a treat tonight because he hasn't been on since I think August of 2015. It's the reigning filibuster freestyle fantasy football league champion, my cousin... Doug Brown, what is up, my man? Hello, ladies and gents. <laughs> and you're coming to us live from New York, right? Live from New York is Wednesday night? Yeah, right above Grand Central Station. Oh, man. Far enough away from the protests, though. Are you at the um, the Hyatt there, buddy? Oh, uh, Grand Hyatt all day. That's your spot. Unofficial sponsor of the week, the Grand Hyatt. In, uh, <laughs> you, uh, oh, my God, what's that? Uh, Grand Central Station, excuse me, of course. Anyway, all right. Listen up, everybody. It's the night after the election. Um, Doug and I have been talking a little bit about doing a post-election kind of express version moratorium. Um, going to be some hot takes. Not going to try to offend anybody. We're going to try to use humor to get through it. Um, Doug, can we start off with the fact that I would say that you, you've typically been like what we would call like a moderate Republican over the years. Is that fair? Yeah, I think I, you know, between my dad being a Republican, my mom being a supposed independent, and then obviously our aunts and uncles and stuff, or at least some of our uncles leaning more towards the uh, right side, have gone more towards a uh, moderate Republican in the sense of, you know, capitalism-focused, but also not trying to be a um, xenophobe or racist in the process, as I do have uh, believe in a lot of the rights of people. So Correct. So, so essentially... Uh, maybe like socially, socially uh, progressive, and you know, kind of more fiscally conservative. If we're going to paint with broad brushstrokes, correct. All right, and that's good because the reason I think it's good for like you to be on, aside from we've 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 missed you on the show, man, is um, you know you're probably a good person to talk about because you literally had to go through like the nine thousand stages of grief of like losing every. There was, there was like sixteen candidates. There were 16 candidates for the GOP, and I would say a guy that you probably weren't planning on voting for ended up being the nominee for, you know, against Hillary Clinton, who I'm guessing you probably weren't enamored by either. Is that fair to say? In a, in a vacuum, by Okay, very much true. Yeah. And what I would say is... Let it be known as well that the majority of past elections, which I think this is one of the things last time I was on that uh, made my now wife slightly upset was past elections, I primarily voted Green Party in order to try and get them over the 5% hump to get um, federal funding for future campaigns. Yeah, so what, what, that's where, why is that a bad thing? Or, or are you not liberty to discuss? What? I, I said, no, I, I'm not liberty to discuss. No, I, oh, because it was you know more or less a waste of a vote. I got you. Well, yeah, but that's the thing is like the Whig Party used to be like a big time party, and that, that that was replaced by something. So you never know. Um, Correct. So anyway, we're gonna get into a bunch of stuff, but let's. How about I start with two like ridiculously hot take, outlandish theories, just to get people in the mood, hopefully, to move on, move on into the into the next presidency here. You good with that? Absolutely. All right, Doug has not heard these theories, but I can't wait to get his hot takes on my hot takes. Okay, number one. I think Donald Trump will willingly resign from the presidency during the year 2019 or earlier. He will not run for re-election. He will likely just give Mike Pence the job. 
What are your initial thoughts when you hear me make that outlandish theory of the week? Um, I actually have a similar conversation with a person I work with today saying that we were wondering if he's actually going to try and step down already since he seems to be a pretty competitive dude that once he's won, he doesn't actually have any interest in following through on shit, hence all his bankruptcies. Correct. And, and, and exactly. And so, you know, I think this is going to be a situation because here's, here's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, okay, everybody's got to bear with me for my part two of this theory. I hate to bring up O.J. Simpson's name, but I thought about this the other day. You know, O.J. Simpson, in order to get a, literally basically get away with alleged murder, he had to use every single ounce of his celebrity and goodwill and credibility and, like, demigoggery and larger-than-lifeness, okay? But as soon as he got off and everybody kind of had their, like, oh, my God, O.J.'s a celebrity, he got, he got away with murder party. And, again, I'm trying, sorry to be flippant. Uh, as soon as O.J. tried to, like, resume his old life and get a job and work again, everybody was like, well, well dude, no, like... <laughs> You don't get to actually have a job again. You don't get to, like, be a normal person again. Like, you, you got away with murder. And so my point with Trump is, like, there's a popular theory that he never actually wanted to win, that he just wanted to gin up business for the Trump News Network. And to your point, he's never been a follow-through guy. He's never been a details guy. And the second he's inaugurated, like, the day won't even end before his approval rating starts dropping because – he did not turn Washington upside down on day one, according you know, to his commercial narrator voice guy. So, like, he's not going to like when his own people start being like, you're not building any walls, you're not, you know, you're not making Mexicans pay for it, you're not kicking out people from certain religions, and all of a sudden he's going to be like, you know what, Mike Pence, you do this job, I'm going to go start my news network and make a bunch more money doing that than being the president of the United States for 400 grand a year and a free plane. Boom. What do you think about that? I'm with you. I think it ties. I think it also ties to like um, you know, probably probably likes himself a little bit too much and likes other people to also at least like him or want him to be in the spotlight. So, right. you know, as other failed presidencies have seen, I mean, George W. Bush probably not getting the one million dollar speaker's fees that other ones are. If he is, he's definitely not getting them as much as uh, Obama's going to be getting as a person who's you know actually like. So, I can see his approval. 30% to 25%, he could say, you know, fuck this, maybe I can do an apprentice. Right, right. And by the way, Doug Brown, not afraid to work a little blue, and we appreciate that. Um, it's an emotional time. It's an emotional time. So, let me, let me, we're going to get into a couple things, but I just want to throw those outlandish theories out there to get people kind of feeling fun about thinking about the future, because, you know, it is going to be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know it's going to be all right, but like, as, as I've seen posted today, like, you know, half the country was mad, including me, when W won his second term because I didn't believe the weapons of mass destruction thing for a minute. And I was proven to be right, as were other people. And that was really, you know, that was an upsetting day for me when people reelected a guy who I clearly thought was lying or like his administration was. No, no, no big deal. Water under the bridge for good old W. But the point is, like, we will get through the and people think it's four years or maybe eight years. No, it's two years because if you're enraged today, actually show up for midterm elections. End of story. It's two years. And they start campaigning like this coming May for their house seats. So like we're gonna get six months off from ads. So like <laughs> let's just rock it. It's a good opportunity it's a good opportunity to uh, you know, really like evoke some change. Evoke some change. 
Puff Daddy, vote or die. All right, let's get into some stuff, man. All right, so I want to hear this. I want to hear a couple anecdotes. So you said that you know family and politics don't always mix, and you mentioned that um, <laughs> my you and my brother got into an exchange on Wendy. He told you he thinks less of you and that you're an idiot. <laughs> it sounds yeah, like you guys are sneaking right. over, but what happened there? Oh no, we got smoothed over in about two minutes once he listened to my entire uh, my entire argument. But yeah, no, it was down to Cape, and it was uh, pretty awkward. It was uh, Helen, his my his his girlfriend, my wife, and my mom all having dinner there after a handful of drinks. We started talking about politics, which is always a good time. great thing to do. Good move. Good move. And um, so I think I said something along the lines of, you know. Uh, Trump is running on, you know, like the wall or something in the same way that Obama ran on change. Right. Trying to make the point that outside of, you know, all the basically blue dots that are cities, uh, people don't really care about the more detailed stuff. They just care about, you know, whatever the rhetoric is. Right. And Make it simple for came, him. But I hadn't explained that part yet. I just said that. And he came at me hard with... <laughs> Obama ran on a platform of, um, you know, what was it, like social change and um, what is it, healthcare for everyone. And you know, I mean, he was as your brother, very detail oriented, was able to rattle off probably seven to eight things that right. Were but he's not totally the typical electorate. You know? Yeah, yeah. So he was he was coming at me hard, and I was completely agreeing with him. And he said, for that exact reason, I think less of you, and like basically like <laughs> you, you just your points are invalid for the rest of the life. And then once I was able to get a word in edgewise, I was trying to explain that, you know, all I said about the change thing was... It was catchy. To, to, to us, to, to us, you know, college-educated folk across the eastern seaboard and, you know, California or whatever, yes, he ran on those eight things. To the people in the inner city who may or may not realize a lot of things... They, you know, wrapped up numerous things into change, whether that be jobs, whether that be better social programs, it was change. And that's all I was trying to get across. So eventually he reneged and said, maybe I'm not as bad of a person as he thought I was. <laughs> so, that was so, but that was like a 15 minute, a 15 minute thing. So the rest of the night was a blast. Right. There you go. Well, I'm glad y'all got over. But like, so let's, so, and let's talk about like social media and like, you know, I think a lot of people were shocked today. Okay. Fairly of how many people don't think like them, even though everybody's been saying this whole time, it's going to be a close election, it's going to be a close election, and it was, and obviously it's coming out that I think Hillary has won the popular vote, but that's okay, like, we have all agreed that electoral college is the method. Um, you know, people live in this, like, social media bubble, and I think you have some good hot, good hot takes on this. Number one, um, just the insulation piece, and you kind of touched on it a minute ago, but, like, if your Texas friends live in Austin, or if your like friends live west of the Mississippi, live in like um, San Francisco, Colorado, yeah, Detroit. yeah, then they're not going to be thinking the way that most of the state of Oklahoma thought, or most of the state of Idaho thought, or most of the state of Montana well, thought. And also, if you grew up in Massachusetts, very close to Boston, and your friends now live even in a place that is now a red state, you know. They came from Massachusetts, and like yeah, they still have most, a, of the, most of them are still probably have that uh, ingrained in them. And so whether it be like a person like me who considers himself a moderate Republican, like you know, still are very much tied to um, 
you know, social progress and not just like Yosemite Sam guns ablaze. <laughs> That's a great reference. Um, so let's talk about, you mentioned this to me, um, the fact that, you know, the, the feed that I have on Facebook is probably very opposite of like the 47-year-old Oklahoman and his feed on Facebook. Uh, and, and care to elaborate on that at all? So I have two people who are slightly active of um, extreme Republicans on my Facebook feed. So okay. I see what they post in comparison to what, you know, the other 97% of people that I'm friends with and, you know, are interested in talking about politics. Yep. So I, I started to put myself into a place where, you know, what's the world where the 97% is those posts and then the 2% is the, you know, thank, you know, good, good for Obama. So we really wanted to know what, what do we think actually exists there, you know? Right. Instead of Washington Post in articles from the Atlantic, like, is it Libertarian Weekly? <laughs> what, are we, what are we putting in there? Correct. Definitely different articles from different websites. I mean, certainly, just to call out one that pop, pops to mind, like Breitbart, right? I mean, uh, stuff from, from them, stuff from... I mean, believe me, if you want to find... Listen, we're, we're literally doing a podcast right now of, like, I said Donald Trump is going to quit in two years because he's too vain and lazy to do the job, in so many words. That's a hot take by a guy who literally has never talked to Donald Trump in his life. And is making stuff up. And that's pretty much what people do unless they're on like ABC or NBC or like Fox News or like whatever. So to your point, if I want to live in a bubble, whether it's really, really liberal or really, really conservative, I can find that bubble. And I can convince myself that that's the world and that we are being wronged. And, you know, good times have by all. But I would like to maybe... Uh, though, though scary, also entertaining, maybe make some friends outside of the uh, the bubble that I live in politically, and just just to know what's up. I think it's probably a good thing to know what you're up against in terms of ideologies, just so you can like try to one see what they're saying, but two also formulate your next move because you're going to need one. Yeah. By the way, speaking of next moves, the next <laughs> move. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. I mean, I completely agree with you. I wonder if the tough part about that though is. Um you know, living in the places that we live in. So even if you do get people who are, uh, I mean, you make friendships with people and they're willing to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. But I think the, um, you need to be pretty, you need to be almost insulated to the far right to be willing to make some crazy, yeah, some crazy posts on Facebook. I'm sure people would be happy to talk to you at a bar in North Carolina about some of their thoughts. But, oh, yeah. you know, if there are people that you're working with at Davidson and they're tied to other people who are academics, I find it hard to believe that they're going to be saying, you know, like, let's do some wild things. So Correctly. I, I, I typically... I, even it's, it's all or nothing almost, I kind of think, most of the time. That's true. It's kind of a binary code thing. All right, let's speak about binary codes for a minute. Um this is the thing that I had a thought on yesterday at 7 o'clock in the morning while I was voting, which was I felt like I was at the dentist office as a little kid getting a lollipop, and I got my I Voted sticker. And um, I just don't know what the deal is with that. Like, I think as Chris Rock once said, like, what do you want, a cookie? Like, you're supposed to vote. Um, now, I get that maybe the move is that you're trying to advertise to people that like oh I voted like you should too but no like everybody knew it was voting day like if I saw a bunch of people with little lapel pins on that said I voted 
I just think, couldn't we have spent that money on giving rides to people yeah. without cars to get to polling stations? Or Because right. it's probably pretty expensive to give 100 million people an I Voted sticker. It's a big sticker, man. It's a big sticker, big sticker lobbying, right? Yeah. But what they I, keep coming at us. What I, <laughs> the sticker companies got us by the, they got us in the crosshairs. Um, but it's weird. So it's like it's like uh, so the same kind of thing when you uh, give blood or whatever. But you know, like I said, probably more people once every four years vote than, give blood. than people who give blood on a regular basis. So yeah, it, know, it's also I a little get, yeah, but a little bit of a like lollipop at the dentist mentality. Like I said, and like <laughs> why is the dentist giving you candy? You know, because he wants you to come back. I guess, but it just seems like they should be investing in like more floss for you to have. And like I feel like the I voted stickers. I don't know. I, I don't remember. No, I'm 100% with you. Uh, let's, let's, mobilize, let's use that money to mobilize voters rather than tell people who are already going to vote, you know. That I voted. Again, you know, maybe, although who knows, maybe it's just, you know, two white guys talking about something and, and there's a bunch of people who actually... Uh, love the I voted stickers. Are, hey, listen. You know, love the I voted stickers and it gets other people in their community out and about, but I'm kind of with you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you, if you have a smartphone or a television... Um, or like a friend, or we had like a two-year campaign. Like you probably had an inkling that yesterday was National like Election Day. True. Just saying. I mean, we all felt the burn. I'm hundred percent. We all felt the burn. Well, not all of us. Anyway, speaking of feeling the burn and all kinds of fun nicknames, um, you made a really good point that South Park has done a pretty good job summing up like this whole cluster. Cluster of clusters. Um, yeah. So talk good, to the people it's a good about... good year to get back on there. What's that? It's, a good, it's been a good year for me to get back on the South Park bandwagon. Yes, 20th anniversary of South Park. And why don't you talk to us about member berries, first of all? Well, it's what caused Trump to get elected. Right. The U.S. is addicted to member berries. <laughs> we're just trying to remember better times where things were more... Uh, right, you know, simpler. They made sense. Simpler. They were easy. My favorite yeah, one... Remember Barry said, remember no terrorism? Right. Remember feeling safe? Like, it was, it was pretty funny because it was like, remember Star Wars? Yeah, that movie was awesome. Remember being safe? So, it's... It was funny because they even equated it to, like, ancient Rome. They're like, as soon as too many of the Romans started getting lazy and eating member berries, I mean, they didn't advance anymore. And I think the commentary was, it's a lot easier to retreat to a time when you were younger or life was simpler, or you felt like you you had life under control instead of right now. Clearly a lot of people are... I mean, people on both sides are scared. People were really scared until last night uh, of like a third, a quote-unquote third Obama term, and then the folks who wanted that third term are now scared moving forward. Um, and we'll see how it shakes out. And so it's easy to be like, remember when, on a number of things. And what I did like is they, they took some nice... Subtle shots at J.J. Abrams rebooting Star Wars, and my yeah, favorite reboot. my favorite part was that basically we're in like we are in a society now that like new movies don't do well, but like sequels and reboots do. I mean, we rebooted Spider Man like three times in one decade because they were just like, "Crap, we need a superhero movie." Oh crap! Tobey Maguire's already done it three times. Get another dude. And so Batman, I guess, was probably, what, the official reboot, because you had, what, Adam West Batman, when was that, like, 60s, 60s, 70s? 60s, 70s, yeah. So you had Adam West Batman, then there was 
like Mike. Curtis Keaton Batman. Then there was Clooney Batman. Then there was a good, you know, Val Kilmer. Christi- and yeah, good, Va- good Batman most recently. Yeah, Christian, and then they did Christian Bale. Yeah, how do you go for Christian Bale Batman and then decide you're going to reboot out that soon with Ben Affleck? And again, I'm not hating on Ben Affleck. He does more good work than bad, but he's not Batman. He's not Bruce Wayne. Like Ben Affleck is not Bruce Wayne, dude. I'm just saying. Um, no, I'm with you. It'd now, be interesting to see if Donald Trump's uh, team actually reverted back to reboots, and they were like, "Oh, this is actually quite interesting." These will work. People are a lot more in- people. People are a lot more more interested in reverting backwards than looking at any kind of progress. Correct. Correct. Because progress again, progress is messy. Progress is incremental. Progress is hard. Progress is not linear. And, and people, yeah. they, people have their jobs and their kids and their lives and their bills. And they're like, I don't want to be part of progress. That's too hard. I just want it to be easy. And, you know, we all want the easy button from Staples, unofficial sponsor of the week. But you know what? That ain't real. Neither, rem- right. neither remember Barry's. But the emotions. And every new, every, new, every new movie that comes out, a new script comes out, a lot of them are not very good. But every once in a while, you get one that's good, and then all of a sudden, you start playing that all the time. Right, so instead of just rebooting stuff, let's take some chances. That's good. It's well said. Okay, speaking of taking chances, I want to hear about your timeline of the Donald Trump candidacy. You know, so... Uh, Well, I'm going to have to slightly revert it, because I I put this timeline together when I thought he was going to lose. Okay. So, but... But keep it rolling. My original... My original timeline starts out with there's no way he can win. Um, so I basically, when I heard he was running, I, I was like, okay, back in the day, I hung out with Hillary Clinton. You know, he understands where his uh, bread's getting buttered. This has got to be some kind of conspiracy in order Correct. to just siphon off votes and or make enough people um, totally upset by the Republican Party that it becomes a surefire win for Hillary Clinton. Then he actually started getting a little bit of steam, but I still kind of thought there was no way he could win, primarily due to the fact that he just had straight-up verbal assaults, which, um, you know, they're nicknames that I wish I had thought of. I mean, Gavin, you could probably come up with better ones, such as, like, uh, but, I mean, a little Marco, Lion <laughs> Ted, and especially when he called out, I don't even know, who did he call out for sweating? Marco Rubio sweats a lot, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, the fact that he's throwing water bottle over himself, like, yeah, that, that seems was, like something I'd be doing about two in the morning after night out. You know what was really funny is last night at about two in the morning when it was becoming clearer and clearer he was going to win, I was sitting on my couch. I had had a couple glasses of wine. I'm not going to pretend I didn't. And I flashed back to the thing of him dumping water bottles all over the place. And I think he said something like, <laughs> have you ever seen a guy sweat like this? And I'm like, that, yeah. that dude's literally going to win. And that's literally something I would do when I was hammered. Wow. And that's okay. Like, again, not here to hate. We're here to move forward. But, like, to your point, he literally called the dude out um, for sweating too much, which, as a guy who sweats a lot myself, hurts. It hurts, Donald. It hurts. <laughs> um, okay, so keep it moving. So then after that happened, yeah. you, you started thinking maybe he could win the nomination. Well, I think I got most worried where, you know, this was, uh, you know, Jeb Bush when he was trying to really hold on to the final pieces of any you know, semblance of potentially winning. And he was up at your old uh, alma mater doing a discussion on something, but he was talking about, you know, he's going to make, he's not going to be a president who talks, talks too much, he's going to let his actions speak. And then he, you know, finished what he was saying, 
paused for you know one second, two seconds, and then goes, "Please clap." <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I realized I was like, "Wow!" It's like so the one like slightly moderate candidate who actually believes in like uh, schools and you know not getting rid of immigrants is literally just not catching any kind of. Uh, it's not catching anything. Well, he had to literally tell the crowd up at Dartmouth to clap, which again. Ostensibly a pretty smart crowd who can who can uh, read the cues of when to clap and the fact that they either zoned out or weren't moved at all not a good sign uh, for Jeb for Jeb Bush. Which though the good news is that we finally put to bed the dinner the fake dinner conver- dinner table conversation of like oh my dad was president my brother was president and all I was was governor of Florida well he had a shot. And he just didn't resonate with the peeps. You know, he had a shot, and he did not resonate with the peeps. So then you probably wrote something to the extent of a word beginning with F uh, come, yeah. come June or July, right? Because you're... Yeah, that was him securing the nomination where I was like, oh, no, this is no bueno. Correct. No. And, you know, that eventually led into me thinking, well, you know, the least we'll have Hillary Clinton around. And obviously that did not work out. No. Originally this was going to be, wow, like, we're going to have to go with uh, Hill Dog. And I was wrong. It's now an yeah. even bigger fudge. Yeah, I was going to say, is that, got, that Trump. like, for the moderate Republican, right? And, and I think that most people, whether they are or they aren't, fancy themselves to be fairly moderate voters, right? Because no, no one wants to believe they're an extremist. But anyway... Do you think it was worse for moderate Republicans if Hillary won or worse for moderate Republicans if Donald won? I mean, not necessarily how you felt, but like in terms of the future of somebody getting elected president as a, mo- as a true moderate Republican. Um, honestly, I believe that the demographics of like basically just moderate Republicans are basically going to become Democrats, to be completely honest. I mean, I'd read a lot of stuff recently that was talking about how I mean, now, in the same way that we read stuff about the polls that Hillary's going to win by a million, we'll see if this actually takes place, but talking about how as more people move to cities, as older generations, you know, pass away, that everyone moves towards becoming a Democrat, and therefore, you know, it becomes just sort of like two more Democratic systems. Um, I kind of was hoping, I was hoping that Hillary would win, to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean, I think for for a number of reasons, but I think if you're if you're a Republican, the the chance, especially because the Republicans carried the Senate and obviously carried the House, you know, you were going to have the quote unquote checks and balance, and she was she's pretty unpopular too, obviously, and so the chances of running her off uh, after one term were going to be pretty good. Now, I mean, remember when Charlie Day was the wild card on Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Like, the wild card is the president because like he's been fairly progressive until he decided to run as a Republican. He's said whatever he had to say to evangelicals to make them want to vote for him. He's said whatever he needs to say to Second Amendment people. He's said whatever he wants, period. And it keeps working. Like, he literally, him and Billy Bush, I mean, oh my God. Like, I love that the thing that almost derailed him was, like, something he said on Extra 10 years ago. But it was, in, it was insensitive and disgusting, and it should have derailed him, but, like, as a self Park guy said, shouldn't all the other crap that he said derailed him? But, like, it didn't. Like, it was amazing. The dude is the wild card. This is, like, a perfect... I mean, the dude is... It's sad, but it's true that, I mean, like, he's literally just 
bulletproof. Like, I don't know if it was like finding, he's like, you know what? 49% of the people can come deplorable, but all I need is 51% or, you know, whatever he needed and then 48%. But, you know, just well, like yeah. well, really good, really good, really good analysis. As much as, as many of the people as he fired, you know, I don't know if he actually had strong analysis or if he was just like, you know, I'm totally wild card. But, right. he might have either been, way, it worked out for the guy. <laughs> he might have been like, chill, yeah, yeah, well, I got this and just done it himself, you know. Um, yeah, he may have moneyballed it. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. I, you also made a good point. We, we kind of touched on this, but just the, the disconnect between, like, if you're a Gen Y or, or, or like, young Gen Xer, again, your views and the views of people 45 and older who live in most of flyover America, like, you know, to you made a great quote. My Facebook feed doesn't represent the country, and clearly we touched on that, but it doesn't. And uh, I, I don't know. I do think that that disconnect... We'll get into it, but I'm really interested to see how the people who were came out of the woodwork and probably voted for the first time or feel hope, quote-unquote hope, for the first time in a while. I'm really interested to see how this goes for them over the next two to four to six to eight years. Um, all right. Yeah, totally. Couple, yeah, I think go ahead. Question about, uh, sorry. No, you go got on. it. You got it. No, I was just going to say, I, I think it could you know, go the same way as um, how people feel about any other president. If you think that, uh, you know, you, you're now going to get a new lease on life because jobs aren't going to go overseas or blah, 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 blah. But realistically, maybe those aren't the jobs that these people want anyways. So we'll see what happens. Right. Like we were talking about on the pre-show, Donald, Donald Trump never said what jobs he was going to create. You know? Yeah. He just said he was so good at creating jobs, he was the best job creator which might even be true, but, like, he didn't necessarily say to every single person that voted for him, I'm going to create your job <laughs> or, right. like, the job you want. It's like, there'll be right. crap to do if you're willing to do it. Let's see where it is. Right. And if it's even and in anywhere happily, near. And we can, we can happily get rid of immigrants who are doing, you know, minimal minimum wage jobs, but we just elected someone who doesn't want to raise the minimum wage. Right. And likely the person who recently lost a job at, you know, like I said, a you know, caterpillar plant. And by that, I don't mean a place that... Grows caterpillars. Um, <laughs> grows caterpillars. I'm talking about, like, large equipment. You know, like, those people probably don't really want to uh, be washing dishes in the back of a Mexican restaurant, but you could be wrong. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Someone might just be looking for that gig. Um, all right. Here's some more hot takes from last night as I was jotting some things down. If you have any, please feel free, okay? And, and then we'll try to, you know, we'll, we'll try to keep this thing relatively short, but we'll keep going a little bit. So uh, I felt like last night I realized that the election is kind of like training for the Olympics, okay? So obviously they're quadrennial, right? But, like, with the Olympics, like, we just don't think about it, and then all of a sudden Michael Phelps shows up and we watch him and it's cool. Okay, but with... The, elections, the voters are like the hapless athletes who don't actually medal and don't get famous. Like, we go through the entire process, and even the people who are happy with the result today, like, we, like we just talked about, their lives aren't going to change. Not really. Um, it's kind of like being Greece or Iceland. Like, not a lot of medals, but an arduous, painstaking time suck of a journey that was ultimately for nothing. You know, like... Yeah, and even more so for people who have been uh, in our in our circles who are pumped up by a lot of uh, our friends who are tweeting one way. It's like almost like the uh, we've been like the Russian team.
teams who've been just doped up <laughs> by 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 our own friends, our own government, who've just been doping us, and all of a sudden we got let down at the end. Yep, yep. It was a little bit we got a little bit miracle on ice, you know, um, by a bunch of people we didn't think could beat us, if you will, you know. Um, okay, here's something I wrote last night, and again, admittedly on the couch drinking wine. Didn't like this dude. Corey Lewandowski, who got fired from Trump's campaign, like, whenever. Dude's a clown. I need to have it out there. Tweet me on it. Whatever, at Gavin Viano. Leave me a note on filibusterfreestyle.com. I, I now see why even Donald Trump, who I don't agree with, was right on that, Corey. You're a clown. And CNN... You're going to need to help me out with this. Who is Corey Lewandowski? He was, like, I think the campaign manager or CEO... That like got fired before the next guy. Like, I think Trump went through three to six like leaders of his campaign, and Corey Lewandowski okay. was one of the first couple guys cut. Um, okay. So, but but he but then he became an active pundit on CNN, still stumping for Donald Trump. So like, was that a conspiracy? Did he fire him to get him punditry to get him like? Uh, maybe it was genius. Maybe it was absolute genius, and he's playing a role. I don't know, but he came off as a clown last night. Okay. Let me ask you this. What are your expectations for this presidency? And before you answer, I will let you know mine. My expectations for, like, the success rate of Donald Trump is, like, parallel to my expectations for Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Like, below the floor. No, no Paul Walker. No Vin Diesel. Reboot no, of something, something that isn't even the same. Which means... When I watch Tokyo Drift and I have zero expectations, I'm kind of like, eh, not too bad. And since I'm starting with Trump's expectations, like five notches below Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, I feel like he's going to have to get real, 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 real crazy for me to even be like, upset because I'm already expecting such so many things I disagree with that I'm not even, I'm like, I'm not even bracing myself for expectations above that. Which is not in a very rosy picture. What do you think? <laughs> I'm slightly with you. I'm with you. I think that I've set super low expectations. Honestly, the couple of things I'm worried about is, again, going back to the whole like social issue stuff of like how yep. is he going to react to like a lot of this? Like, I mean, I guess if he chooses like crazy Supreme Court justices, like that could be, you know, a pretty rough time for people who are either, you know, gay or, Correct. you know, all kinds of, you know. Correct. So, my hope is that uh, that doesn't end up happening. Yeah, me but too. I think for every, I think everything else, I think this dude is going to be a complete joke. But I think there are a couple places that he could potentially kind of screw us in the long run. Yeah, and, and that's um, the Supreme Court so I think his sure. presidency. I think his presidency is already probably going to be like, it'll be, I, I mean, I hope the whole lame duck thing, but worried about some long-term implications. Yeah, I'm just hoping that it goes poorly, quickly, but not like in a way that it it hurts American citizens, especially the rights of those who just fought so hard to get the rights they got recently in the last Uh 10 plus years or 10 less years. Um, But I do hope that it's something to the extent of it goes back to my outlandish theory from the top of the show, which is he gets sick of it and he just wants to go run his fake news network and, you know, tweet mean things at Rosie O'Donnell again, you know, because I hope he doesn't have time for that starting January 17th. Well, I actually have I actually have some insider knowledge from my brother at WWE that this is actually all a setup to 
to SummerSlam 2018. <laughs> really? Just saying. That would be great insider information. Um, I hope you're right. All right, let me ask you this. Trump obviously tried to kind of pivot towards, I mean, every, I love that every president goes from the vitriol of hating their opponent to Hillary served us for years and years. We owe her a debt of gratitude. You just said you were going to lock her up on the first day of being president. Like, no. Secondarily, though, every president tries to make that pivot towards the middle, and then, like, within three weeks, either he, it's always he, because they haven't had a woman president, he's either been being skewered by his opponents or he's, like, skewering his opponents. But, like, do you think Trump's pivot lasts more than two weeks to the middle? The weird part about it is I don't necessarily, due to his, you know, past exploits of working closely or, you know, having relationships with Hillary and stuff, uh, I wonder how much of it is a pivot and how much of it is, like, a split personality disorder, which is potentially more scary now that you're president, but I don't know. I don't have a proper answer to that, man. I would, I would say that if, he, if, if this whole thing was a hoax to get Hillary elected, and obviously it would have backfired, like... But he really is a still a fairly liberal dude. He may actually be pivoting away from the people that voted him in because he actually isn't those people, which I think for all people who are really bummed out right now would be pretty excited about for a while. Yeah. Um, go ahead. It'll be interesting to see with that. I guess the one way is who does he actually choose to go into these, you know, into his key roles, into his cabinet, and stuff like that. Like, is it going to be, uh, you know? Is it going to be Billy Bush? Is he going to be head of something? Yeah, I saw someone today tweeted, and I forget who it was. Oh, it was my friend Zach Damata, who should be on the show. Zach, got to get you on, buddy. Uh, does this mean Billy, Billy Bush gets his job back now? <laughs> Which, uh, not going to touch that one besides how far I've touched it, but it is what it is. It's a Great presidential pardon coming. Yeah, I think NBC is going to be getting a call from Rock Center on January like 31st, being like, um, yeah, you're going to go ahead and give Billy his job back. Anyway, um, who do you think is more disappointed at the end of the next two years, so come midterm elections? Like, the people who voted against Trump who are really bummed out right now, or the people who literally believe that he will, quote, turn Washington upside down on day one? I think the people who actually thought he was going to turn it upside down will be more upset, which actually worries me, because then I think that's when we're going into, like, zombie apocalypse militia style. Right, because I'm actually worried. So, like, everybody was worried about what you just said, zombie apocalypse militia style, right? But at least when, (laughs) at least if they had tried to pull that crap, if the person they voted against was the commander-in-chief, you know, in this case, Hillary would have put them down. Now Donald Trump's going to be in a really weird spot where they're rebelling against him and they voted for him. And to your point, it, it actually might make the zombie apocalypse delayed by two years, but like a lot more real. <laughs> Not exactly a ray of sunshine, everybody. I'm sorry on that one, but it's true. <laughs> Not cool. Okay, here's another fun one for you. Do we, does he build a wall? He builds the most tremendous wall that anyone's ever seen. Right, but I think it's going to be, like, made of, like, the orange barrels in the highway. Mm. I think Triumph the Insult Comic Dot did a good one earlier this year. They're saying that the wall was going to take too long, so he's actually going to give uh, all Mexicans shock collars. So maybe they will do that one. Shock collars? That's a good Triumph joke. Um, just, you know, Triumph being a dog and all. Um, I don't think Mexico pays for it if he does build it, but the only reason I think that they might 
is because he might literally, he didn't say how he was going to get them to pay for the wall. And this is completely outlandish and I'm kidding everybody. But like, maybe he's going to make like all those like militia types, like just like let them do what they want. And Mexico is going to be like, let's keep these weirdos out of our, our, our country. Like he might act right. like it might be like a reverse psychology thing where they literally build a wall because they don't want Americans getting in. Um, yeah, no more, no more day trips to Tijuana. Which would be sad. I've never been, but I mean, I would love to go uh, at least once just to see what it's all about. Um, so all I right. got a quick one for you before you. Just a quick one. Yeah. What do you got? Putin-Trump relationship. Where does this go? Oh boy. Okay. So that that's that's a really good one to bring up. I think we are either um, gonna be convinced to leave NATO, which will go poorly, or they're going to have that meeting of theirs and it's going to go bad because I think they both have some bipolar issues and we're going to be in World War III. Um, now, I don't think we're going to be in World War III like Red Dawn, like, you know, communists come and invade the entire country, but I think we'll decide to fight a proxy war somewhere like we used to do back in the quote-unquote, remember when we had the Korean War? Like, I think, I think we're going to do like a proxy war somewhere, you know, not in Russia or the United States, and, like, is, I don't actually think that, but I could see it going down like that. I hope we don't leave NATO. Don't, don't leave NATO. I hope we don't buddy up with the Russians to the point where they're exploiting us. Uh, I'm worried that that's happening. I'm worried that Putin is, like, an unbelievable, like, super spy operative, and Donald Trump literally is a really successful contractor who stiffed all of his contractors. <laughs> I'm picturing, I'm picturing ever-increasing arms race. And by arms race, I mean biceps, because as we know, Putin likes to take pictures with his shirt off. Man. And so I feel like Trump's going to need to get ripped up and be like, oh, that guy's got biceps? He's got 20-inch pythons? He's got 22-inch let's pythons. Get that, let's get that guy some, um, what was that thing in Sandy workout with Sean T? Let's get him cut, you know? Yeah. <laughs> let's get him cut up. Um, all right, here's a question for you. You know how... Okay, when do we start using Trump's last name in vain as a curse word? And I bring that up because, you know, you could be, like, having a thunderstorm and the lights go out. And you, if you're with, like, five people, I guarantee that one of them is going to be like, oh, Obama. Like, everybody started blaming Obama for, like, every problem they had in life. And it kind of became, I like... One, I think that's one person we know. Yeah, right, right. It's definitely someone <laughs> we, we, we brought... Right. But, like, we started using... And by we, I mean, like, a very small majority of Americans started using that president's last name as, like, the, you know, gosh darn it of their, their, their time. And I'm wondering, are we ever going to be like, oh, Trump this, you know, like, whatever, you know? Yes, absolutely. I think that we have a renaissance of, like, rage against the machines and, like, public enemy-like rap coming up that's going to uh, nice. basically pen some interesting Trump stuff that's going to lead us to come up with more interesting uh, swear words using Trump, using, you know, Tangerine Man, all different kinds of things <laughs> that I can't Man. think of right now. But believe me, I think that we're in a renaissance of hateful 80s rap, fight the power kind of stuff. Nice. Well, that was all good stuff, so I'm happy for that. Remember when we had 80s rap? That was great. <laughs> <laughs> See, remember, remember Chuck D? Remember Chuck D? He's in the Hall of Fame now. That's great. <laughs> remember when we were safe so again shout out to the guys from South Park with member berries if you haven't checked it out check it out alright a couple more things here how about Michelle Obama running in 2020 I know she's not 
gonna run, but like, if anybody can rally the base, I would say it's got to be America's sweetheart, Michelle Obama. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know what the time frame, but I think definitely there's some positioning going on there to begin with, and um, you know, I think she's probably getting herself ready with, you know, we're gonna have the first woman president, and then we could, so we bust down barriers with that. Then we'll have the first female black president. Let's bust down barriers with that. But I think she's going to, you know, break through the Mexico wall, break through the black woman wall, and at some point, I don't know, 2020, 2024, but I think it's, I think it's in the cards. I think so too, because I mean, who's who's the face of the party? I mean, Bernie Sanders is literally like 79 years old. Um, Chuck Schumer is the senior elected Democrat in all of national government. Chuck Schumer's, I think he actually ran for president a couple times maybe, or not. The fact that I don't know means it wasn't successful then. It won't be successful now. you got your boy, Mayor Carchetti, a.k.a. Martin O'Malley, um, who I did, by the way, blow up on Twitter earlier today when I said, I basically just was like, what about Michelle Obama in 2020? Better option than Martin O'Malley. All due respect. Sorry, Martin O'Malley. <laughs> What about Alec Baldwin 2020? Ooh, Alec Baldwin. How about Alec Baldwin as fake Donald Trump versus Donald Trump? That'd be all right. What about Alec Baldwin as Republican nominee Jack Donaghy from 30 Rock? That's one. <laughs> Against himself. Against himself. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. That, that goes into the final little piece I want to do here, Doug, which is are there other reality stars, now that we have a reality star president, that you'd like to see be president next since this is now a, a prerequisite Qualification for the job? Uh, I guess I've got to say Guy Fieri, because if you put enough donkey sauce on any problems, <laughs> everything gets better. <laughs> Chef dude, Guy Fieri, absolutely. A couple of my thoughts would frosted be... Tips, frosted tips for everyone. Backward sunglasses on your neck, different colored goatee than your frosted tips. Chef dude, Applebee's, eating good in the neighborhood. Love it. Um... I would say Shep from Southern Charm would be great because he likes to party, keep it real. Johnny Bananas from MTV's Challenge, very you know he's he works his way through complex problems. He's a negotiator. He's a you know he's he's cutthroat when he needs to be. How about Daryl Hall of Hall and Oates fame for his show Live at Daryl's House? We could just play music with world leaders. That'd be cool. Um, or maybe even like Christina Aguilera for The Voice. She could sing her own national anthem. That's what I'm talking about. Um, the last thing I've got is. If not a news team unite moment for Michelle Obama to mobilize and run, this is absolutely a chance for Jon Stewart to say, you know what, this is too good to not get in on. The next four years are going to be too amazing. Can Jon Stewart, and I don't know how you feel about Jon Stewart or not, Doug, but can Jon Stewart please get back on TV three nights a week, four nights a week, please? Well, then you'd have to worry about his, you know, what, what, what's the repercussions of taking the Daily Show back from my? Uh, from well, I'm not. I'm not saying college. he should take over that show. I'm just saying, like, maybe we can get him a new show. Uh, okay. I don't want him go. I don't want him taking over for for his his, pre- his predecessor. Sorry, his successor. You know, but like, let's just get him a show. I mean, honestly, I feel like Stephen Colbert needs help on that on that night tonight show, the late night show, whatever it's called. Because I, I don't know the names. I don't watch it. And I used to watch his other show a lot, The Colbert Report. Like, can John Stewart be like on the Stewart Report? Like, can he be on like something? Um, I feel like we're gonna have to put him 
on a pay channel, though, because my guess is part of the reason Colbert's not doing well is it's probably part of that 48 or 50 percent who voted for Donald Trump who's normally watching, you know, what's he on, ABC, CBS. He's on CBS, which is like, I mean, three, that's, right. that's two and a half man territory. That's Donald Trump's strong. Is that also the new Kevin James show, too? Yep, Kevin James, Adam Sandler guest stars, can't wait. Kevin can wait, good times. But I will say that, like, my boy Bill Maher and your boy John Oliver, uh, they're going to have a field day for the next four years. Do you not, do you not see that coming? Yeah, John Oliver's going to make me laugh. Bill Maher's going to give me an ulcer. Yeah, Bill Maher is very, very prescient, first of all, because he called that Hillary might lose. And he was very doomsday, and frankly, I did not feel good about it, and I still don't. His I'm comedy is dark like comedy. To watch TV who, I'm like one of those people who likes to watch TV who doesn't make my stomach hurt. Right, to forget about the pain and the suffering, right? Yeah. So, that's yeah. the, the, first, the, first, the first debate that I had was uh, one of these ones where I was doing some work and I was like, oh, Monday Night Football is a bit. I put the debate on. And what ended up happening was that after about three minutes, I was like, oh, this is literally putting a knot in my stomach. I'm going back to Monday Night Football. Yeah, like, I literally was talking to our buddy Dan O'Brien about, like, let's do, like, let's recap the debates. And, like, I watched the first one. I actually took a bunch of notes, and I, I, I never wanted to talk about it again. And I didn't even watch the next two, because, like, I knew who I was voting for, you know. Um, so, anyway, unless we've got any more to clean up here on aisle three of this election, um, you know, Doug, I appreciate you talking through it. I know, you know, um, we've all got family members, friends who are bummed out. We've got a couple... People that we all know who are really excited. Again, at this point, I think President Obama said it well. We, we got to root for success because the alternative is we all are worse off, right? But really interested to see how the next couple of years are going to play out. And, uh, yeah. you know, you guys maybe hear the freight train in the background. I'm not catching a train out of the country. But Barcelona was sweet. And if I can get EU citizenship, I'm not, I'm not lying. I'll sell hot dogs in the beach. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, Doug, Doug, anything else? How's your fantasy team doing this year? Not great, right? Yeah, hanging in there. Well, good. I hope you make the playoffs. Make the playoffs. I hope you make the playoffs. Make the push. All right, so I want to thank my buddy Doug Brown, my cousin Doug Brown, uh, giving us the moderate Republican perspective, which frankly sounds a lot like my perspective, which I think I'm a moderate Democrat. I don't know what I am. That being said, got to get you back on uh, sooner than a 15-month interval here, Doug, so hopefully you'll come back. And uh, you enjoy New York City tonight. Stay away from those protests. And I will uh, I'll catch you soon. Everybody check us out on thefilibusterfreestyle.com. And rate us on iTunes so people can find us, for better or for worse. Thanks for being on, Doug. Take it easy. All right, stick around, buddy. We'll catch up. Filibuster Freestyle. That's the end of the podcast, folks. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. It's going to be okay, America. Maybe.